0: McKinley Wright from the logo! Oh, got it!
1: Oh, McKinley Wright
0: NVR Buffs Podcast, presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we have a special guest. We've got Jake Schwanitz, who you guys know from the Draft Pod, uh, calling in. So, he, so here's the deal, Jake. Uh, Jake watched the Texas A&M game for us. He uh, wrote a film room that you guys should read at uh all about the defense and the great things that that defense did. Um, how's it going, Jake?
1: Doing all right, man. Uh, just trying to get through this Thursday, get through the week. Uh, thank God we got football on tonight and we're slowly getting to the weekend.
0: I know. I realized I was, uh, so I was at the DMVR bar doing a bunch of work stuff all day. Um, and like halfway through my drive home, I got a notification from DraftKings. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. There's football tonight. And uh, I got a free $25, or no, it's not a free parlay. It's a... Uh, I get my money back up to twenty five dollars if my same game parlay doesn't hit tonight um going big on saquon oh okay,
1: I was gonna say I kind of like uh giants against the spread in the under, and that um I mean that could net you something pretty penny right there
0: i just i that you're absolutely right. I just couldn't take the under though because i i, I it's been a long day, and I'm not cheering for defenses.
1: <laughs> You're not trying to watch Giants Washington until 0 in the fourth quarter tonight? <laughs> I
0: can't take it. I can't take it. But yeah, um, just so everybody knows, I guess, took Saquon over 54 and a half rushing yards, Giants plus three and a half, Saquon to get a touchdown, Giants to score first plus a thousand. That's 250 bucks, Or I just get my $25 back if they. Uh, they, it doesn't hit. But, uh, the buffs though, let's, uh, let's just jump in. You, uh, you seem to really like Christian Gonzalez. What, what'd you see from him?
1: Yeah. Um, he was very impressive. Um, I know he played the most of the games last year. I think he played, um, all six, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, started. Um, yeah. So that was impressive in its own, uh, just going, Learning that, and then watching the game against AM. I mean, we talk about it on the draft pod. How, uh, or I've mentioned it a few times. How AM really isn't—they're uh, not too scary on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they usually make their make their yardage on offense through the backs and tight ends, and that seemed that was the case again um, on Saturday when they played the Buffs but Christian Gonzalez was just eliminating any receiver he was going up against anyways. Um, but yeah, the thing that pressed me most is just how he was just mature. I think for, mm. you know, being a, I guess technically would be a redshirt freshman this year. I don't know. Technically freshman. true
0: freshman. Okay. So, but it's yeah, but that sounds so dumb when you say it.
1: <laughs> I, yeah. I was confused when I looked at the roster and I saw that classification again, but mm-hmm. whatever, we'll go with it. Um, but for a true freshman to just be that poised, um, just patience, uh, he seemed pretty, uh, advanced in his technique already. And just, mm-hmm. he is long. I mean, long in the legs, long in the arms, that's something that's going to help out throughout his career. Um, so I was just impressed in multiple ways by him.
0: And, and the way he plays the run game too. Like, obviously that's kind of like secondary to, to the coverability at that position, but you watch him just get so physical and beat blockers and and sneak in behind these screens and he had two tackles for loss in that game.
1: Yeah, I mean that's another thing I highlighted in the article and it's something that definitely stood out. Um, you know, that's the thing with corners, right? If you can find those guys that can go upfield or are willing to go upfield and make an impact near the line of scrimmage, um, that should that carries some weight, man. Um, there's not a lot of guys that are like that that have that dog in them to go up and do that, um, and he's showing that at a young age. Uh, it's just impressive to watch. I mean, the ceiling is tremendous. We, we, t- you and I texted a little bit and uh, we brought up first round. Uh, so, I mean, I could definitely see it. It's possible.
0: He has the, he has the skills. He has the pedigree. Um, so, so his, uh, his sister has set the Colombian record for the, I think it's the 200 meter hurdles, like three, four times. She was in the Olympics. She's the one that's married to David Blau. And so the oh, lions okay. did that whole thing for that. Yeah. That was his yeah. sister.
1: That's yeah. Okay. That's I remember you talking about that during the summer when the Olympics mm-hmm. were going on that there was a buff uh, that had a sister in the Olympics. I didn't realize it was him. So yeah, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that's another positive in the box for me there. Cause, uh, I mean, when you have that athletic pedigree, um, it really does come through and you can see it. And it was obvious when you were watching him on film, uh, not just against AM, and but when you watch him anytime
0: seriously and and he's not alone either he's got he's got makai blackman on the other side of the field um makai who famously was upset about being second team preseason all pack 12 at cornerback that's not a bad place to be but he has high standards for himself um here's here's my question you you need to pick one of these guys to lock down a number one receiver who are you putting on him
1: oh man i think it's got to be christian gonzalez um I think he's just got the length. Um, He showed just, like I mentioned, that polished technique. He was really calm, you know, when these receivers were throwing releases off the line at him. Um, And that's something that you don't really expect from a true freshman, you know, even if it is second, his second year as a freshman, uh, you'll see a lot of guys get kind of spooked when guys are dancing at them at the line of scrimmage. He was just really calm, uh, squared up and just, played good football so uh it was just impressive to see that and i'm really curious to see how he does against these other receivers i mean mm-hmm. like i said a&m isn't really the best on the outside but he did play really well for what it was worth um but let's see how he goes against the uh the drake londons of the pack 12 and all those other guys are going to be thrown out and
0: potentially chris ottman bell on saturday then we'll, right, s- we'll yeah. see what's going on back? Uh, it's the, the, there seems to be some hype coming from Minnesota. Like we don't know for sure, but there's a good chance he's going to be out there. I I would guess he plays, but who knows? Um, what, what else stood out to you about this defense?
1: Oh man. Uh, how much time you got? Uh, (laughs) Um, honestly, uh, Nate Landman was on fire from start to finish. Um, he was immediately the first guy I noticed. All over the defensive line was impressive too. Guy Thomas, Mm -hmm. uh, number one, the edge was really impressive. And then uh, my guy on the defensive line here, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Naeem Rodman, yep. number 91. Um, he was a terror at times too. And then 94, Janaz Jordan also. Um, I mean, it was just impressive, really. This AM offensive line has been pretty highly touted. Of course, they've got Kenyon Green on the uh, left side. So, I mean, that side was pretty solid, but that right tackle was really struggling with these guys all game. Um, even on the interior, they were easily able to get penetration and push in the run game. Um, I was just impressed by the front seven as a whole. Um I know the secondary's I don't know would you say the secondary's probably the strength of the defense?
0: I I think that you could make the case the corners are I think the front seven's so good though that when you when you include the safeties in the secondary it's it's that front seven.
1: Yeah, so that's that's kind of where I was leaning to. Just the front yeah. seven overall was just so just tremendous all game, causing terror, throwing guys around. They were behind the line of scrimmage constantly, pushing uh, the offensive line of A&M back. Uh, that's what I got to go with. Yeah, the front seven, just amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, anything else stand out to you defensively?
1: Um, Yeah. Uh, kind of scheme wise, just how much man coverage they were playing. Yeah. Um. I mean, I saw the Buffs account tweeted it today when Chris what Christian Gonzalez said, "Uh, they line up and play man. They're not scared." And I love to see that. I mean, I don't know if it's just because it reminds me of the 2015 Broncos when they were just going out there and going one on one with everyone. Um. But that's just fun football, man. It's fun to see. Um. It's just always more impressive when a defense is able to win that way instead of you know mm-hmm. scheming up picks through zone coverage and stuff like that. So.
0: For sure. And I had a chance to talk with Christian, obviously, because we tweeted out the quote, but the confidence that he has at this point is just, honestly, it's just fun for me. Because I guess I was talking to him over Zoom last year, which isn't really the same, but just to watch him develop to the point where he's now, I mean, like he said, we play man here and we're not scared of anybody. Like it's, it's just incredible to have him <laughs> back there, to have Makai Blackman back there. You've got Robert Barnes playing linebacker. Now a great cover linebacker. They had, they had him doing like, uh, they, they were running some Tampa two as well with him running mm-hmm. the middle and just the, the speed that he has at that linebacker position next to Nate. Those two are just a perfect combination next to each other.
1: Yeah. They were wreaking havoc and, uh, Landman just, uh, Almost everything that guy does playing in the run game um, when he was sent on blitzes, he was just coming around the corner. Um, Even when he didn't even get to the quarterback, there's that screenplay I shared in the film room where he just running on backside pursuit and gets the tackle five, six yards behind the line of scrimmage. And he just lays out Isaiah Spiller. Um, He's just a fun guy to watch, man. It's awesome.
0: He's so fun. And, And they found a role for him in coverage, too. And that's what what I think is so nice at this point, especially like I was saying all week last week, cover one spy, cover one. You got Nate spine in the middle. And when, when you say something like that all week, and then you see them go out there and run it, it just feels so good. <laughs> it, but Nate was killing it though. Like just floating around in the middle, reading the quarterback, breaking things up inside, having that combined with a blitz ability. I think that, I mean, obviously college football, is a three down linebacker. Pro, you're still probably looking at two downs, right? Or have you seen enough to to say three downs? Uh, from what I saw on the
1: AM game on Saturday, I would not be scared having him out there for all three downs. I mean, mm-hmm. he was reading, like you said, he was reading the quarterback's eyes uh, when they went zone or man, um, and just has a natural feel when he's kind of in the middle of the field, just really... Uh, you know, he's looking straightforward. He's not worrying about what's going on around him. He's just got a natural feel in the middle of the field. And it's just impressive to see that. And like I already said, the blitzing ability is there too. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about his ability to stuff the run. There's some beautiful clips in the film room, just him showing his patience and just he, he'll he it's like, he knows what's coming already off the snap. Um, it's crazy. there's a, a guard tackle counterplay, um, where he just, he's just standing there the whole time. He knows it's coming right at him, <laughs> just standing there waiting and he still sheds the guard and just makes the tackle. It's only a three yard gain. So he's just awesome.
0: Yeah, he's, uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, before we jump ahead, cause we want to talk about this Minnesota game a little bit. I think you and I have both been watching some film and, you know, we'll get into this later. I'm encouraged for the Buffaloes based on what I've seen so far this season. But before we get into all that, uh, offensively, uh, you know, obviously you don't have Jarek Broussard in that second half that changes some things. They, they were at least able to move the ball in the first half and fall apart in the second. Um, a lot of reasons for that. Obviously Jarek isn't out there, but also nobody else was really able to step up and be that guy with Brendan Lewis kind of being the, the one that you look at in particular. Um, any notes there?
1: Yeah, just, um, obviously he's young, but Brendan Lewis had, he did have some impressive plays. Um, I think the rest has just got to come with experience and just, you know, growing within that offense, um, that running ability though, that's basically what kept Colorado in the game, you know, uh, being able to extend those plays when uh, the running game was just having trouble getting going. I mean, there was probably a bit of a mismatch, if we're being honest, between Colorado's offensive line and A&M's defensive line. Um, But he was an equalizer in that mismatch, uh, just being able to break out on the outside, um, make some first downs, uh, really selling out. Um, Yeah, it was a bummer Jarek went down because I thought he was – the offensive line was blocking okay, I think for the most part in the first quarter or first quarter first half. Um, but yeah, once he went out, it really just kind of fell apart. Uh, receivers dropping balls and everything. I mean, honestly, this was the perfect storm for Colorado to pull off the upset. It was. They played so well, and it's just, I really think if they if this offense was able to kind of generate another drive to eat up more clock, I think the defense wouldn't have gave out so easily on that yeah. second to last drive. Um, and that's really what lost them the game, I think.
0: For sure. I totally agree. And the other thing with the offensive line bro- blocking better in the first half, you no, know, I just jumped on a- another podcast um, and then talked about exactly that. But to me, I think the reason it looked like the offensive line was blocking better was because of Jarek. You know, Jarek does such a good job of stressing the edges of the defense, forcing, forcing people to over pursue and opening up cutback lanes because he gets everybody going in that direction. Am I crazy? Or is that, well, maybe what you saw?
1: No, I think that's valid. Even, even when you're running straight ahead, uh, Jerick's so quick that those lanes that are only open for like a second or two straight up the middle, he's able to hit and nail those for 8, 9, 10 yards, easy first downs. Um, when you have the other backs in there, they don't quite have that burst. So they might get halfway through the hole, pick up three, four yards, but it's just not the same when Jerick's in there and he's just able to hit the gas off the get-go from the handoff.
0: For sure. For sure. Um all right. Uh let's let's hit a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about the Minnesota Gophers. Um what a what a lame mascot. Uh, but first, <laughs> D- DraftKings. Uh week 1 may be over but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week 2, DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't miss offer. Bet just $1 on any football game this week. Receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. That's right. DraftKings is giving all new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet at least $1 on any football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code DMVR to get your $200 in free bets instantly. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the nfl uh must be 21 or older colorado only new customers only restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 also autumn is in the air The pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the Leaders in Male Grooming and their brand-new fourth-generation performance package. Boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped? then join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code DNVR. Uh, it's time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of your goodies. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the new four, or more 4.0. If you're looking to cozy up this fall, then this trimmer is essential. The fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their skin-safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn on the 4,000K LED spotlight when needed for a more precise shave. Plus it's waterproof. Check out this package. Check out everything else at manscaped.com. And don't forget to use the code DMVR when you check out to get 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code DMVR at manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. All right. So I, uh, I woke up nice and early this morning, watched uh, the Ohio State game. Haven't had a chance to go back and watch the last week's game, but I've read a lot about it. Uh, so uh, let's just kind of jump in with Minnesota. Um, I'll start. Let's, let's go into the offense first. Um, obviously, losing Ibrahim is, is a huge loss, especially for a team that wants to line up super heavy. And it seems like their whole offensive philosophy is basically just, like, get to third and short and then figure things out from there.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, so last week against Miami, Ohio, um, they did have the backup running back, Trace on Potts. Mm-hmm. He carried the ball 34 times. He ran Crazy. off for 178 yards. Um, so he was efficient, but he was fed the ball 34 times. Um, I don't know if that's some a winning formula against this Colorado front. Um, especially just because mm-hmm. I think Tanner Morgan is really the X factor for Minnesota. And, you know, he was kind of a guy that was hyped when it was freshman sophomore season, but as he's gotten older, he's kind of followed that Brock Purdy trage- trajectory where he just really hasn't been able to take the next step. Um so I think honestly, I really think Colorado matches up well in this one.
0: Yeah, I, I honestly do too. Um especially because we know the way they want to play. They wanna they want to go man outside and kind of load up in the box, which fits really well against what Minnesota wants to do, assuming they don't have Chris Ottman Bell, because he is the the best receiver that they would face to this point um, if he is able to play.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it would definitely make things more interesting if he does play. Um, but I still I, I just really like how Colorado matches up. Uh, I really think that both these teams play a similar brand of football, too, um, just because. I mean, for different reasons, So Colorado just has inexperience at the quarterback position, whereas Minnesota just has uh, a talent deficiency somewhat with Tanner Morgan, (laughs) if I'm being honest. Um, But they want to play run game defense, but still it's different in that regard. Um, Watching the Miami game, it's a lot of zone uh, from Minnesota. Um, They're just trying to keep everything in front of them and really prevent the big play. And I think that's something that's really going to play into the Buffs uh, just brand of football. Um, if Jericho is able to play and if he's able to kind of turn out yardage and keep the chains moving, if, uh, Brendan Lewis is able to find people underneath, um, and take off for some, uh, runs, I really think he's going to have an opportunity to, to gain some yardage on the ground. Uh, there's a lot of times where, you know, Minnesota drops eight, seven defenders. Um, if there's no one open, he's going to be taken off for a lot of yards.
0: I totally agree. And I mean, going back to that Minnesota offense, like when you look at the, the def, or the, let's say, the offensive line versus, like, Colorado's defensive front, the, the linemen and the outside linebackers, who do you take in that matchup?
1: Uh, it's tough, but I think I'd still side with Colorado. I mean, last week is really, I, I don't know if that's just carrying too much weight, how Colorado played against Texas A&M for me right now. Fair. Um, but I think that it's going to be a good matchup overall. Um, but if they're able to gain some penetration and kind of hold the line of scrimmage, I really like them in that matchup just because I do think uh, they're going to be able to make some plays, get some tackle for losses. lamon's going to be a huge X factor in this game. Yep,
0: I think so. And and it's it's you brought the other running back. It is weird how they've used them, you know, because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was 30 carries for Ibrahim before he got hurt. It was on the thirtieth, and and that he not got knocked out like late in the third quarter. They might have been on pace to run him like forty times in that game. They give the ball to backup thirty four times last week. I I, I I don't know what they're doing <laughs> with with that strategy. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's a really conservative brand of football. I mean, they're not, we already talked about how Colorado likes to play man and be aggressive on the defense. Um, that's not really what Minnesota's doing at all. They don't have the talent to really do that. And on the offensive side, they don't have the talent to really air it out and just kind of eat up massive chunks of yardage. Um, mm-hmm. Tannery Morgan only completed eight passes last week against the Miami, Ohio Redhawks. Um, Mm -hmm. if he's having that trouble with Miami, Ohio, uh, imagine these Colorado corners clamping down, even if Chris Ottman Bell is able to play, um, there's just going to be not much room to throw the football. And if he does dare throw the football, look out for turnovers.
0: Seriously. Seriously. Um, on the outside, the wide receivers for Minnesota versus Colorado secondary, who do you take?
1: Colorado secondary easily, even if, even if Ottman Bell plays, it's not Mm -hmm. even close.
0: It is nice, though, when you, like, look at these matchups and just say, like, Colorado on paper is winning on that side of the ball. Flip to the offensive side, though. What, uh, what What's your biggest concern for Colorado?
1: Um, mostly just Brendan Lewis in the passing game. Um, I don't – if he's able to, you know, kind of process things, um, I like I said, Minnesota's going to play a lot of zone coverage. You don't want to see Brendan Lewis mm-hmm. forcing the ball, um, trying to make throws that – are just going to close up in the instant when the ball is in the air. Um, Cause I think that's going to be how Minnesota is going to play him. They're going to try and bait him into turnovers. I don't know if they necessarily blitz him too much because they don't want him out there running. That's obviously his greatest attribute at the moment. Um, we'll see how much they stack the box though. I think they know that Colorado is going to come out and try to run. Uh, we'll see if they're willing to do that. And if they're willing to, you know, kind of go one-on-one on the outside with those corners who obviously aren't as good as Colorado's.
0: Yeah. Seriously. The, the, Watching that secondary, it, it was leaky. It was really leaky, I thought. And it is kind of concerning to think like Brendan Lewis might not be able to take advantage of that. Like he could make some mistakes on throws that could make things work out a lot better. I don't know. Um, in the running game, though, I, I do think that Colorado has a pretty significant advantage.
1: Yeah. Uh, when Colorado's on offense, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, Colorado offensive line has been pretty impressive throughout the first couple of weeks. And I don't think Minnesota really has the horses in that front seven. So I would expect mm-hmm. them to be pretty efficient on the ground.
0: Yeah. And like I said, I have just been busy and haven't been able to watch that last game, um, except for like the 15 minute highlight thing where I got through real quickly. But mm-hmm. in the Ohio state game in particular, the run defense struggled on the edges Guys were getting outside and getting up the sideline. There was the one big run from the running back who I don't think anybody had ever heard of before that night. And I mean, that's, that's promising. Like considering you have Jared Broussard trying to attack those edges
1: yeah absolutely I think that's going to be the opportunity I don't know I I honestly I didn't watch the northern Colorado game because it was not gonna blame you (laughs) (laughs) um but I didn't really see Jarek running too much on the outside it seemed like they wanted to just try and go right up the middle uh for the most part and just try and you know keep the chains moving not really trying to let that aim uh they're obviously really fast on defense I don't think they wanted to let that be a factor at all Mm -hmm. uh one thing I will say though Minnesota I wouldn't be surprised if this is how the game goes. Minnesota maybe jumps out to a little bit of a lead. Uh, they've blown some leads in the past couple of weeks, mm-hmm. especially obviously everyone knows the Ohio state mm-hmm. one, they were leading at halftime and ended up losing that game by two touchdowns. Uh, they were up 21 to three against Miami. And it was, I think 21 to 17 at a certain point. So, I mean, they they'll get up, but they always let teams back in. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see another variation of that.
0: Oh, huh, I like it. Yeah. And that's the other thing is that like, yes, they did give up that run, but it also, it wasn't like Minnesota was in like firm control all the way through, but they did always have a decent lead. And and if you look at the 29, 26 final score, they gave up a touchdown with like three minutes left or something like that. And mm. it easily could have been a little bit different than 29, it would have been what, 29, 19, then something like that. But uh, yeah. I think, I don't know. It, that score can be just a little bit misleading, although it is true that they did give up a, a big run of points there right in the middle.
1: Right. So, yeah, thinking back to the Ohio State game, uh, there were a few calls that went against ohio state that were pretty big calls um some turnovers that ohio state had early too that really kind of flipped the field um so those are going to be crucial i mean i'm not not trying to say that the refs need to not be a factor uh, but that really helped them out in that ohio state game just because they were on big plays it's all just going to come down to protecting the ball for colorado on offense that's going to be how they win this game
0: i agree i agree um any final thoughts before we get out of here
1: Um, well, I guess uh, a little bit. I mean, Colorado was minus two and a half. I would feel pretty confident taking that.
0: I know that that, that line surprised me. I thought especially yes, (laughs) coming into the season, if you would have said like two and a half point game at home, I would say, yeah, that makes sense. But after watching last week, I would have thought that it'd be more like six, seven. Well, OK, here's the question for you, then. Is there maybe
1: a little bit of a letdown? Um, because you obviously had the big game last week. You played him really tough and you lost. Uh, is there any sort of emotional letdown you think that might happen this weekend?
0: I don't think so. You know, and then that's something I've talked to, to a couple of different guys about Robert Barnes and uh, Chris Wilson, the defensive coordinator. Um, and it really seems like, if anything, it kind of goes the other way. You know, after after playing a game like that and kind of having the rug pulled out from under you at the at the final second, there's a kind of this like anger that maybe maybe that is a one path to an emotional letdown is getting too caught up in that sort of stuff. But it does seem like they're pretty fired up. They said the uh, everybody's been really locked in in meetings this week, and that's what you want to hear. I mean, I don't think so, but it's not like. Those guys are going to say, yeah, I think there's a real chance that there's going to be a pretty big disappointment this this week. Um, But I I think it kind of goes the other way. I I think that there's potential for like a blowout here, except that I do have questions about whether the Buffs offense can actually put up, you know, 25 points. Right. I was going to say, maybe on the flip side too,
1: maybe last week kind of built that confidence and showed them how good they can be. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. And I think there's definitely some of that on the defensive side. They, they are fired up. Um, I mean, we talked about with Christian Gonzalez, he in particular seems to be like, he's not a talkative guy. He's not a cocky guy, but it's pretty obvious that that he realizes how talented he is and what he can do. And kind of the same thing for the defense all around him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. I mean, having that confidence early on in the season too, even before you get the conference play for these young guys, that's just crucial. Um, I'm, I'm kind of cautious to go with you here, but I'm kind of feeling a little bit of a blowout, too. I just don't think Minnesota is really built to hang with this team, honestly.
0: I agree, especially because, you know, if things do go well early, you know, Jarek breaks a big run or two. You know, Brendan maybe hits on a deep ball. Um, Minnesota isn't the kind of team that you look at and say they're going to be able to claw their way back into this one.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially if Colorado able to build a lead. Like I said, Tanner Morgan has been unimpressive for probably the better part of two years or so. Um, if the offense kind of turns into Tanner Morgan being forced to throw them back into the game and they're forced to abandon the run early, maybe in the first half even, uh, that's definitely the recipe for CU.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, score prediction before we go? Ooh, uh, let's say... Hmm.
1: I'm going to go, uh, See you.
0: Mm, I'm going twenty-seven ten. See CU. All right. All right. Well, that <laughs> kind of price has righted you just a little bit, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not too bad. Not too bad. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Um, and yeah, good stuff. We'll, we'll see you again at some point in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it, man. Looking forward to talking more buffs with you.
0: Let's do it.